Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 10. Welcome to Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 10. It's been a really huge time recording these podcast for you guys in our Focus You series and I'm really really excited to announce that this one um, is going to be the last one in this series for now. Um, Obviously we might decide to add some things to that but at this point in time we are at the end of Focus You. So over the last 10 weeks we've covered quite a number of topics that we struggle with ourselves of how to manage and how to work through in our own personal lives and it's almost like personalized individual therapy where we just you know address things for ourselves and create coping strategies in our own lives that help us get through the stuff that we need to get through because life is really hard sometimes and so and we don't often have people who know these strategies to help us out so sometimes it's really useful to just have a little bit of advice here and there on some ways we can cope and better manage stress or anxiety or anger or frustration or our relationships. So um, that's really been the goal of the last few weeks. And I think we've got there, um, but there is a really big topic I do want to chat with you guys about today, which is very near and dear to my heart. And as I begin to unpack more about my clients and about people I know and work with, the thing that really stands out to me is that none of this is going to be effective and none of our ways that we approach life or the ways that we interact with other people is going to be fulfilling or effective if we're not looking at our own self-worth. Now, I'm going to get on a bit of a soapbox at probably at some points in this chat just because I'm really, really passionate about everyone being a person and we should be treating each other with unconditional positive regard which is essentially like unconditional love but you don't have to love everyone you just have to make sure that you're recognizing that they are a person who is um you're treating them with positive regard you're not treating them as if they're nothing you're not treating them as if they are not worthy so That in itself is something that is not done naturally by a lot of people because we are so insecure ourselves. Because we hold our own insecurities and we hold our own self-confidence issues, we then project onto others and make them feel insecure as well because then we can pull ourselves back up and make ourselves feel better, which isn't healthy for our wider society and it's also not healthy for you as an individual. And What's really jarring, I think, and you might notice this more now that we're talking about it, but that you actually, when you have instances like this, you will actually engage in this behavior. So there have been times when I've um, really pushed something because I am not feeling super confident in that space and that has then made the other person not feel great. So we all do it from time to time because of something that is going on for us but it really pulls that other person down and makes them feel incredibly self-conscious and incredibly insecure about their own capability, their own worth and their self-esteem. So it's something we really need to watch, but noting that when we are insecure, we cause others to be insecure also. So by the same token, if we boost our own self-worth and self-esteem, We should be able to boost the self-worth and self-esteem of others around us. And I'm yet to meet anyone in my life who says that 
boosting the self-esteem and self-worth of others around them is not something they would like to see happen. I think everyone, unless you you have narcissistic personality disorder, I'm relatively certain that most people in this world really want the best for those people around them and want everyone to feel confident in themselves, even if they don't agree with the other people's perspectives. So I guess where I wanted to start was looking at where does our low self-esteem come from? And in this podcast, we've largely talked about from a millennial standpoint. And I think a lot of this is going to be really in line with that perspective, um, largely because I am also a millennial, but because this seems to be the era that we're growing up in. So even if you're a Gen X or a Gen Y or you um, are a baby boomer, you also may have similar experiences just because you're living in this time period of technology right now. So some of the things we'll go over, we would have touched on in some of our earlier pieces, but we really want to focus this on self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth building. So you may have low self-esteem. You also may not have low self-esteem and you might just feel as though there are areas where your confidence or self-worth is just lacking in certain areas of your life. And holistically, as a whole person, you might actually feel quite confident, quite secure and quite on top of it. For example, I would class myself as quite a confident person. Um, However, I do have areas of my life that I'm incredibly insecure about. Um, So, you know, we're not all untouchable. It is a bit of a catch-22 at times um, because you do have, you'll have both of those playing in. But um, some of the reasons why that actually comes into us is because um, we may have had mistakes or failures in the past that weren't supported by the people around us. So what that means is, you know, everyone always says it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not cope, blah, blah, blah. Like it's okay to be not on top of everything but then when it happens everyone's disappointed or everyone feels pity or everyone has that look you know what I'm talking about so when those things happen in our lives we then start to question and we then start to spiral a little bit into this oh no what are we gonna do type space um it's really really interesting the way that that actually plays out because our parents and our grandparents and the people like our friends and family would never ever want to think that they've contributed to our low self-esteem. But that whole idea of um, empathy and understanding how we actually navigate the space of challenging conversations, which I don't think we've talked about a whole lot in this podcast, but I'm hopeful that that will actually come out a bit in a book I'm releasing shortly, I hope. But when we dismiss other people's feelings in relation to an event we actually dismiss that person's experience so when we are looking at for example if you fail a test and that may be something you worked really really hard for but then you failed it um if your like close group then starts to say things like that's okay you'll do better next time or oh don't worry about it or um, just in any way dismissive of your emotions, they're not practicing empathy, which is a really hard skill to learn. So they may not necessarily know how to do that, um, but they may not be practicing empathy. And then that makes you feel as though, oh my gosh, now I have to do it again. And what if it happens again? And, And you start to get all of these cognitions of failure, personalization, global
globalization, so labeling the same failure on multiple things, there's a whole bunch of things that begin to happen just from that lack of acceptance. Yeah, we failed. That happens. And that empathetic approach that is so necessary for this sort of stuff to to come about. We may also have low self-esteem or low self-worth because of some really significant events. So unhappy childhoods, um, ongoing stressful life events, poor treatment from partners, parents, um, medical problems, mental illness. But we also may have low self-esteem or low worth because we don't feel valued. And that's a really interesting one because that can even translate into our workplaces. There's been a big push lately to increase the amount of appreciation and worth that is pitched in the in the professional space. And that's really great. But then I think that that's being missed a little bit at the moment. So we talked a little bit about toxic positivity and how that can really shape our experiences in one of my earlier podcasts. But I think it's important to mention here that in this day and age, people really do believe that they should be praised, appreciated all the time. And then when we don't get that, we take a personal stance on that and we take a personal offense to that. Our self-worth and self-esteem, yes, it can be enhanced with praise from others, but it shouldn't be reliant on praise from others. When you're constantly seeking external validation for your feelings of adequacy, you then start to fall in a trap of, I'm always going to look outside of myself for my happiness. I'm always going to look outside of my locus of control to look for where I can be validated and valued where that's not the case because you have skills and strengths inside yourself that are so powerful and should be valued. And you may not even let people see that side of you. You might not even let your closest friends and family see some of those strengths and skills you have. And that's okay, but you need to know how to value yourself because value from the outside is not always going to happen. More often than not, in my experience, people find ways to tear you down rather than build you up. So find your value, find the things about yourself that you are so grateful makes you, you, and that will change your perspective. Because if you can value yourself, you then don't put yourself in situations that don't create value for you. Let me say that one just one more time. If you don't value yourself, sorry, if you do value yourself, you won't put yourself in situations that devalue you. If you value the things about yourself, like your ability to be independent or your ability to, um, sorry, it's just my train of thought, uh, your ability to be independent or your ability to think freely, and then you enter a relationship where someone is trying to elicit control over you, you're not going to put up with that because you know your worth, you know your value. So it is absolutely critical that you work on you first. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be a work in progress and then you can't like 
still go out and do things and whatever. It's okay to be somewhere along that spectrum because we're all on that spectrum. I am not going to sit here and pretend for any two seconds that I am past the point of all of this and I know everything. But one of the really key things I found is that I don't let myself enter risky situations. And by risky, I don't mean things that are high risk. I mean things that are going to risk my value and risk my integrity. So I don't enter into situations that don't align with who I believe I am and who I val- what I value about my soul. And so if you can do that, you will have success in so many ways because you will be able to develop confidence because you know who you are. You'll be able to develop your self-worth because you know what you're worth. You value the things about yourself and you don't short- shortchange that. You need to be unapologetically excellent. Those things are missing. We've been told year upon year upon year, especially women, and so for the girls listening, you will probably feel this in your heart and soul, that we need to conform to a certain level of society's expectations, which reduces our identity to next to nothing. So using this strategy is going to be really daunting and really hard for a lot of you, and it's not going to be perfect. So you're allowed to try a couple of things at a time, to value yourself, to practice some gratitude about your own persona. And it's okay to not be good at it all the time because we need some time to build that up. You'll be able to get a bit of a a stabilization after a couple of weeks if you're really great at identifying those things for yourself. Um, sometimes we do need a little help in doing that. So if you do feel free to reach out and I can help you with some of that stuff, but you will be able to boost your own self-worth and self-esteem. There's nothing going to be more powerful. Like I can give you strategies, which I'm about to do, but there's nothing that's going to be more powerful than you valuing yourself. Because in so many of these situations that we've spoken about over the last 10 weeks, it's been a lot about how we would encounter anger, how we would encounter um, social anxiety, how we would encounter, um, what else have we talked about? Oh, our inner critics. But so much of that is ingrained in how you feel about yourself. What situations you expose yourself to, what situations you don't expose yourself to, what you feel you deserve, what you feel you don't deserve, which all connects back to your self-worth and self-confidence. I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to know your worth. I believe that this is the key to everything. (laughs) You as a person need to value yourself for others to value you as well. Because people often, and not all the time, but often people will dismiss each other for no good reason not because of anything that's actually overt, but just because you're not them. Simple human behavior. We're thinking about number one. So be really mindful that you are, you are responsible for you. That doesn't mean you have to discount everyone else in your life, but when you're working on yourself, it's okay to be working on yourself and trying new things because you'll learn more about yourself in the process. It's okay to be working on yourself and enter a relationship and think, holy shit, this is not what I thought it was going to be and tap out. That's okay. 
there is, there should be no judgment. And your own insecurities are a sign that that's an area you need to work on and work out in that space. What do you value? Your insecurities are a sign. I recently read a book, which was very interesting, called Lost Connections, and I would highly recommend you go read it if you are interested. But the beginning of his book, he talks about mental illness and depression. And, and one of the key things he speaks about was when he was traveling and had a um, really serious um, stomach bug that almost like led him in hospital, essentially. But one of the doctors said to him there, that they wouldn't give him nausea medication because your nausea is good because it sends a message. When we have our insecurities pop up for us, it's sending us a message. Listen to it and hone in on those tasks, hone in on those perspectives. Because in that space, you'll be able to work through what what values you have sitting there and why that situation didn't align with it. Because our values clashes are where we start to question our own self-worth. You know, self-worth and self-confidence sometimes get talked about together, but they can be talked about really separately as well. Because I guess self-worth is knowing what you are worth as a person, what, you're, like, what you value, what you're not going to settle for, what you are going to settle for, how you're going to navigate this world, all of those sort of things. But you can do things to boost your confidence and make you feel as if you're getting there without actually overtly doing it. So I do want to highlight that I do believe that that other thing we were talking about in identifying your insecurities is really, really hard. And for some of us, if you've been really ingrained in this lifestyle of materialism and superficialness, Sometimes that's a really tough space to be in because if you're already feeling insecure about everything, it's kind of hard to know where to start. So if you are in that boat, there are some things you could do to boost your confidence in trying that other strategy. Although if you are in a position where you're like, nah, I can do it. I'm all over it. I'm ready to jump in and do that. By all means, go ahead. But if you are sitting on the fence a little bit, there are some things you can do to get that confidence up and move into this phase slowly rather than jump in heels first. Some of the ways I would recommend to boost your confidence are things like grooming yourself and dressing nicely. Um, I often say that if you wear great underwear, you have confidence for days. Um, Some of those inner critic strategies we used earlier would be really helpful. So remember when we externalized the inner critic and we talked about it being a leprechaun that was talking elsewhere. You could try to be generous, um, like giving your time or energy away or giving um, giving money away if that's something you would like. Setting a small goal and achieving it is one of the most powerful ones in this series. Because if you set a small goal, for example, I'm going to go to the gym three days this week, that will boost your confidence and will teach you about yourself at the same time. You'll be able to have a double whammied approach. Make sure that if you do that, celebrate your success. Make sure you celebrate what you did, whether that means that you're just going to have a glass of wine on the couch watching TV, whether you go out for dinner with some friends or a partner, or whether you, you know, just allow yourself some me time. Because how many of us really do that these days? 
My last piece of advice to boost your confidence is to smile. The world, although as treacherous as it is, is not out to get you. Smile your way through it. Trust that things will work out and you'll get there. Thank you so very much for listening to our Focus You series from Fig Jam. I hope it has been helpful. I know it's been a little bit all over the place, but I do thank you for your time, energy and effort in um, investing in us as a podcast. And if you do have any questions, queries, concerns, worries, feel free to reach out at FigJamOz on um, Instagram or Facebook. And we also have an email address, which is figjaminquiries at gmail.com. We would love to hear from any and all of you. So please get in touch as soon as you want. Um, And I hope that we're back in this space soon um, producing another podcast for you all. Thanks a bunch.